Good afternoon. This is Bakes, Kevin Baker with Bakes Takes. Welcome to the podcast. This is Friday, October 8th. I uh, hope you're having a great week. Hope you have a great weekend. Uh, let's get right into it, folks. Why I do this. Uh, my sons, Bobby and Jack, the 24 and 23 now, but during college, they would call up and uh, ask me questions and have their friends join in. And frankly, this is a blatant excuse for me to stay in touch with my sons more and talk about money and markets, which I've been doing for 25, 30 years. I just eat this stuff up and I hope I can be helpful to you. Uh, I was a stockbroker during the 87 crash, which led me to my journey where I learned what I didn't know then. And uh, uh, I became very ensconced in charts, technical analysis, patterns, volume, and getting uh, a feel for what the market is speaking to me and then where I should do the fundamental work. I do the technicals first, the fundamentals second. It isn't right or wrong, but it works for me. More on that later for for a, uh, a fan question. I read the Journal, Barron's, The Economist, newsletters, listen to dozens of podcasts. I monitor what my Google alerts are bringing in. I always point you to those, give attribution, so you can go look at those. But I'm doing the work if you don't want to do it. I eat home cooking. All I do is talk about what I invest in, what I'm interested in. Tell me what your pain points are, problems you like solved, topics I should cover. Thank you. Uh, thank you, especially for Charlie, Justin, Murph, uh, for helping me along my uh, my journal here, my journey here. We are going to have Bakes Takes Plus. Yes, I'm behind. That's my fault, uh, but I'm working diligently uh, on that. I want to make sure that this free content stands on its own before I offer premium content. Uh, I'm going to have calls on Discord. I'm going to teach technical analysis. Uh, I want you to help me design the show. Tell me guests I should reach out to had a great response for all the guests that we've had recently. Uh, 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 Matthew Tuttle, Tim Rotolo, Gus Christensen really had a very positive response, and I want to do more of those. Uh, would you like a text like I send to my sons when I'm uh, d- putting an investment on? 610-331-4283. I'll sing, give me your birthday. I'll sing happy birthday to you, and uh, it will brighten both of our days and give us an excuse to chat. So, I hope that's uh, appealing. Here's my disclaimer. I'm not a lawyer. I don't play one on TV. This is not investment advice. Please conduct and share your own due diligence, and the sharing is becoming more and more and helping us as we go along. Good week for fan mail, uh, and I always give my son the the first crack at at the bat. So uh, he asked about SoFi and the 10-year yield, and we'll go into that. Uh, SoFi, SOFI. Uh, uh, a, a company that was spacked by Chamath Palahapitiya, uh, a great consumer finance brand. Jack's a fan, and I'm becoming a fan of the stock. Uh, I've always I like the service, but I'm I'm uh, I'm always uh, I let the market tell me what to do. So I put by this chart up here, and please go to the YouTube channel so you can see the visual and the lines and arrows that I draw here. I think they're helpful. But here's what's going on with SoFi, Jack, and anybody else who's interested. Um, 1858 is the line to watch. Okay, I drew it here. Two recent highs, and uh, it looks like it's basing here, and the volume's picking up, which I always want to see. So if you see a close above 1858 and uh, on some uh, improved volume, earnings are coming up in a month, then uh, you might have something going on with SoFi. So uh, I would encourage you, as I have, plug it into your Google alerts so that everything that comes down the pike in terms of insiders or or interviews or 
their their uh, IR department, all that stuff comes to you automatically, and you can flag it, and it gives you a, a great excuse to call the company uh, when you, when you see things coming out of the Google Alerts. So that's a little trick of the trade that I've used over the years that's been very very helpful. So uh, I agree with your thesis. Student loans they restart in January and. The um, if the government doesn't provide some relief and it looks like they're not going to, there's going to be a it sounds like a huge refi opportunity. Uh, I you know, they seem like they're emailing uh, uh, left and right and 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 the snail mailing left and right. Um, and you know, refinancing a student loan from the sevens down to the, the fours is I think going to be a pretty good business and it gives people an excuse to go to SoFi it brings in a new customer and and then they can sell them other stuff so that makes sense to me uh higher interest rates is that good for them I gotta believe so I mean it, it's good for banks it, it it widens what's called NIM net interest margin so the bigger the spread on on uh what they can earn for money and and charge you is uh, I think going to be be uh, be helpful? So that sounds like it makes sense. I had I don't have a model. I haven't crunched the numbers to the extent that maybe you will. But this is just me thinking. You know, uh, at ten thousand feet, uh, the cross selling opportunities to get other services make sense. The team I think is top notch. Noto I think it's uh, Anthony uh, is very widely regarded. Uh, Chamath Palahapatia. Uh, took uh, of all the things he could have bought it was this Chamath puts a, a lot of skin in the game I like him personally uh, and I think um, you know it's high praise that he selected Noto and and SoFi for 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 one of his SPACs competing with Robinhood sounds like it might be kind of fun given the controversies and travails that that, that they've had I have no idea what their percentage of crypto is but that sounds like a uh, a long-term opportunity and yeah could JP Morgan or somebody like that, who uh, Jamie Dimon, the CEO, talks about, uh, you know, unregulated uh, fintechs getting ridiculous multiples. Well, maybe they they uh, uh, you know join them rather than beat them, and and buy a fintech like this and incorporate it into what they do. They've done smaller deals in the past, and I think it makes some sense. So here's my take, Jack, uh, and anybody else. Look for the 1858 close and on big volume. And if, as all, if all these other, you know, uh, p- parts of the puzzle fall into place, then I think you, you have a, a really good long-term investment. So uh, at least potentially. Uh, next, the 10-year yield. Yeah, rates are going up. And, and I, you know, I always like a picture, a chart. Uh, and and uh, you take a look at the lines that I've, I've drawn here. You know, inflation is sounding like it's not as transitory, even by Powell, as 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 people think. You're watching oil hit 80 bucks today as we speak, and obviously uranium is going north, and other things are as well. So, you know, to have the 10-year go from 50 basis points a year ago to 1.57% doesn't sound like much, but it's a big percentage move. But look at this price action. If you see it close above 1.57, that means you're probably uh, challenging 1.7%. And then 1.765. And if you see these lines taken out, and I'm going to, you know, I'll go back to this chart and revisit it in future episodes. But every time this happens, it's bad for stocks. It's just higher competition. It it makes the, the future cash flows discounted at higher rates. 
And when you have valuations where they are, which are very historically stretched, it's going to bring the stock market down. And we've seen that with a lot of the big tech names this past week. It isn't fatal. Doesn't mean it has to, you know, uh, be calamitous. But uh, it is not. You can make it a neutral, but you can't make it a positive for, uh, for, for stocks, in my view. So hope I can handle that. Uh, Charlie from New York called in and asked about space. And, uh, and I like this because you really make me look at areas that I wouldn't otherwise look at, and more on that later. But here's what I've come up with in my, my uh, uh, you know, cursory and first uh, look at, uh, at, at, the, at the space space, if you will. Um, uh, SpaceX, to me, the private company that you can't invest in, uh, is widely regarded as as the best of the best. Uh, they can go into orbit. They are lowering costs. They have uh, a monstrous NASA contract that that uh, Jeff Bezos and Blue Origin is challenging, and they seem to be the the, the, the you know renewable rockets and 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 you know just wide, uh, very wide and wild ambitions. And they seem to be, you know, by far and away the, the class. They just raised money at a $100 billion valuation. For contrast, Tesla is $800 billion. So this is becoming a more and more important part of, of Elon's time and, uh, and attention. So now all these companies are losing money. This is ridiculously capital intensive. And it is very early, in, in my opinion. So what do I do? I go to the charts so I define, you see where there's something going on. And I go to Virgin Galactic first. This is another Chamath Palahapitiya SPAC, uh, Richard Branson's Virgin Galactic. Can you move that up a bit, buddy? Thank you very much. Uh, and I drew some arrows here that I want you to, to pay attention to. Uh, make a long story short, I think this is dead money for now. Uh, I think space tourism is, is, is not going to be where you want to be. Uh, Chamath himself has been selling lots of stock. The volume is picking up on the down days. We're hitting lows, uh, uh, you know, right after the SpaceX uh, civilian uh, mission went, went very, very well. The relative strength is nine. So I wouldn't touch Virgin Galactic. I'll keep watching it. Maybe things will change. But with, with a, a money-losing company without Catalyst, uh, it's not for me. And I don't think it should be for you either. Uh, next is ARC, Kathy Woods. Uh, space exploration innovation and I don't know the mix I, I didn't uh, look at the components of this but I'm sure a lot of these suspects are in there it's a pretty small universe and um, you know unfortunate timing for the for the launch bottom line here for me if you see it close below 1912 I think that it, that's going to be an air pocket there's no support and and it's going to uh, uh, descend even, even further a close above 2019 is very good I doubt you get it uh, given what I'm, I'm seeing in, in, the, in the public players. So, again, uh, you know, I'm not enthusiastic about space right now. Rocket Lab, pretty compelling chart. I mean, that looks like it's, it's, it's perking up the way you want it to on, on, on big volume. Full disclosure, I have not done the, what I used to do in the past with individual names, where I would get my questionnaire out, I would read the 10K, I would get the CFO on the line, and I'd ask a lot of really, really tough questions and get into the nitty-gritty of the business. I have not done that in this case, but I just wanted to be responsive to your request. So Rocket Lab would be the one that I would do more work on if you really feel you need to 
uh, have some exposure to the space. I'm going to talk more about that too. Uh, and in, in researching this, I found that there's this old space, which is uh, the old defense contractors like Lockheed Martin. And yeah, it's kind of said in, in disparaging terms. And then SpaceX and et cetera is new space. Um, so to have this matter for Lockheed Martin in any meaningful way, uh, I'm going to say no. It's uh, There's nothing going on here. And I wouldn't, I, I don't want you to take uh, live money and make it dead. So am I being vague? No. Uh, so here's my take. I encourage you to let the. This is this is my point I wanted to make. This is why I go technicals first and, and fundamentals second. I encourage you, as I do, to let the markets point you to opportunity rather than news, etc. To to have the 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 participants in the market tell you. And I know you don't see things the way I do because I've been doing this for so long, and I'm probably got a billion charts, you know, burned into my retinas right now. But I can see when something is going on to the positive and to the negative, and I really hope I bring some value in, in in that case. So I find the uraniums and 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 the short spac ideas because the market's telling me to look there, and then I go find the news and and the fundamental uh, information that supports that, rather than grabbing a headline or having a thesis and then trying to force it on the market. The market always wins, and I want to be. Uh, right with it. Rocket Labs is a possibility. The rest of, of, of the space space is an avoid. And keep your eyes on SpaceX. If that goes public, that's going to be a very different story. I would love to see the financials of that. Uh, they are uh, uh, in the podcast universe that I expose myself to. They are revered, frankly, and uh, seem to be a fascinating, fascinating company. So, but they're private, so you can't invest in them right now. Uh, Square. I wanted to go back to this because I've had uh, uh, supporters and, and fans and subscribers in the past ask about this. And I really think that this is going to be an important part of my service going forward. I, I put this in my system and I monitor this and you can go off and do what you want. And then I'll come to you and say, hey, you might have missed this. But in this case, Square closed below the 200-day moving average on big volume. And that's a negative. Now, I, I don't want people to go apoplectic. Square is a phenomenal company, a disruptor. Uh, they have exposure to crypto, all of those wonderful things. They also have a PE of 144. So everybody and his brother knows how wonderful this company is. It's had a huge run. And so as my sell discipline would, 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 uh, would dictate, I would sell a third. So stocks at 248, if you're in at 48, Selling a third, I think, is just a smart thing to do. Pay the long-term capital gains, smile, have some cash, uh, give yourself a win. And if, if um, it rockets to new highs, so be it. You've got two-thirds, and you can add to it if you, if you choose to. But I've seen this movie. This is year uh, 12 of this bull market, and uh, this, is, this is starting to roll over in my view. So here's my take. If you have a dividend discount model you would bet your life on, this is a very different story. If you think you can uh, forecast and, and build you know, the next five to 10 years and come up with a present value that's more north of 248, great. I hope you picked up my extreme skepticism of being able to do that, especially at this elevated price and, and given the time we've had. 
But my, when my cell discipline kicks in, it works very well. I've shown many, many examples. I'll give you more if you want. And I'm doing this more in real time now so you can see it. Um, uh, I, I, I would take a third off the table. And I hope that's helpful and I hope this gets to you. Uh, but as a good example for Bakes Takes Plus, I'll, I'll monitor your stocks and ETFs for a smaller group of people and I'll give you an alert you know, via text or what have you, hey, this is what's going on, and you might, you get to at least ask some some more tough questions, and uh, tell me what else you'd like as well. Uh, Charlie again asked, uh, and I'm going to paraphrase some of this, but, you know, uh, is it, could this be a very long-term secular bull market, given the, um, uh, the, the uh, retail activity that's coming in a billion so far this year versus... Uh, sorry, a trillion. We're throwing trillions around now, like it, like their uh, their pocket change right now. Um, go up, Mike, please. Thanks. Uh, retail activity: a trillion dollars to global stocks. 2021 greater than the cumulative inflow of the prior 20 years, according to B of A Global Research. Free trading, uh, access on your cell phones, uh, putting into billions of people worldwide. Uh, could this broad adoption? Uh, being a, be a perfect cocktail for a worldwide buying spree. And I'm going to say, doubt it. Uh, and I hate to be like that. And you're going to, you know, okay, boomer me. And that's okay. But I've got the scars and I've seen these movies. And I also have this chart, which I show you. This is the, the last 10 years plus. And um, uh, here we are at 439 on, on, the, on the SPY, SPY, up from 67. So up seven times. These kinds of extrapolations, linear thinking, um, uh, you know, projecting the, the recent past into the future happens at the right arrow. At the left arrow, people are, 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 are grabbing their boxes and leaving Lehman Brothers. And, and so it, I, I understand the, the, the optimism, but this is where we are. We've discounted a lot of the things that you just described. And for my, all my, especially my boys, but all of you in your 20s and 30s, you've only seen up. It's been 10 years, 12 years of up. March 9th, 09 was the low, and here we are, and and we're up and to the right. So I caution you that the first time the Fed you know, puts on their cape and does their underdog, here I am to save the day, and now I'm really dating myself as a boomer, um, come in and, and the market doesn't care and believes the Fed can't prop up the market, then all the above things that you talk about reverses, and people are going to smash their cell phones on the sidewalk and, and swear off stocks, and then the next the next bull can, can begin. So um, uh, you could be right. I tend to doubt it. And uh, and then I say, okay, well, but check your premises, Bakes. Here's the SPY right now. This is the daily, the S&P 500 uh, ETF. And um, uh, there's a daily gap down just below the 50-day uh, on, on, um, uh, on big volume. All the arrows are here. I hope you can see them. And so far, we get a low volume rally to the underside. It's just a warning sign for now, but it's the first time in about a year we've seen it close below the 50-day. And... Uh, it's just it's a sign that the market's tired and people are talking about, you know, September, October. Those are the worst months, et cetera, et cetera. I don't care. It is what it is. The stock market is weakening. We've got earnings coming up next week and uh, there's all kinds of headwinds going on there. So 
I, I just think that um, a little bit of, of caution is warranted. So here's my take. Very long term, yes, we're up and to the right. And I think uh, uh, in your 401k, Mike, like we talked about before, you know, keep plugging money in into the S&P and, and uh, an international fund and, and don't give a damn. And just chunk the, the maximum you can into your paycheck and, and forget about it. But we're humans and not robots. And, I'm, uh, you know, we all have panicked at some point. I, I'll never forget uh, 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 October 19, 1987 and uh, the bank crisis of 89 and the, 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 uh, the tech meltdown in 2000. So stocks do go down and they go down really fast and a lot harder and through uh, valuations that you don't think they can hit. And uh, I think I can be helpful so that you avoid not all, but much of, of, of that pain. And, uh, and join me for the journey. I, I, think, um, uh, I think it's going to be helpful. And then as I was typing this, I'm listening to a podcast and um, uh, Melissa Lee was touting on, on the tape. Uh, she's a CNBC anchor, her generation gamble. And it's basically, uh, uh, you know, it's addictive and fun to uh, watch your meme stocks go up on your Robinhood account. And I agree with it. And go ahead and do it. Just do it with a small amount of money. But that is bull market uh, final kind of behavior. And the documentaries are going to be very different in a bear market. And no one's going to be talking about how fun it is. It just, it just isn't. Uh, GameStop came up again. And it brings a smile to my face because I got this 212 to 344 call pretty right. And got 26,000 views. And I'm going to, you know, plug that. You know, I get some things wrong. But when I get them right, I'm going to talk about them. Uh, but here we are now, uh, 173. And, uh, you know, people ask me, what do you want to do now? And I say, uh, watch this 200-day moving average at 161.41. That's a rising 200-day moving average. So it will go up. And if I'm getting too wonky, let me know. And I'll, you know, I'll, I'll bring down the, the or, or clarify the definitions. But I'm leaning to the downside. Uh, we've got the new CEO. They've had a capital raise. Uh, what are the future positive catalysts? And, uh, you know, before the holders go, go, you know, lose their minds and say, oh, well, they we're going to stick it to the man and, and, the short, and uh, all the shorts. The shorts have already come down. You know, it's, it's 11% down from 20%. It was ludicrous, over 100% before, obviously. It's 7 million shares. And being short at 173 is different than being short at, at 7. Uh, so, you know, you're not going to get a squeeze. I, I, I don't think you're going to get a squeeze, period. And I, I hearken back, go back to some of my YouTube uh, uh, videos. Won't get fooled again. Uh, what I basically said was, you know, number one, I wanted to have a, a video of Eddie playing one of my favorite Who songs, and I miss him, rest in peace. Um, and then I segued into Weekend in Greenwich. And what I meant was, you know, picture like you're, you're, you're watching Billions, and uh, there's a trading desk in Greenwich, and the trader that's responsible for being short GameStop is getting his, his head kicked in, and the risk manager com comes over taps him on the shoulder and say, uh, I don't care what your dividend discount model says. You're going to get this position down. Now we're getting killed and we can't show clients that we're down 51% in a quarter. So I think that's happened. I think it's done. And then uh, I think, you know, 
Uh, for every Roaring Kitty, there's 50 guys at Citadel and Merlin and, and .72, and they're all on Wall Street bets, and they're, and, and they're gaming the system. And everybody's got a Bloomberg where they can screen for high short interest and try to pick these things off, and I think it's over. You caught Merlin sleeping with GameStop. You caught some other people sleeping with AMC. But I think to keep the Who thing alive, the song is over. It's all behind me. And uh, I think memes are dead. So I said it. Memes are dead. That's going to kick up some dust, huh? Anyway. Oh, here we go. Uh, Robin Hood uh, popularity is fading away with meme stock fad. So it isn't just me saying this. It's, oh, my God, that's a tough name. Uh, uh, <laughs> Mr. Adnarayan. Uh, I hope I have that right. Uh, at Bloomberg is uh, pointing to uh, daily active users at, at Robinhood are down. App downloads are declining. Uh, uh, JP Morgan predicts the stock is going to go down 20% by year end. So it isn't so much fun when uh, the confetti's not flying and, and uh, uh, you know, Doge isn't going from, uh, from, from a dime to 70. So uh, this is already starting to be uh, happening and, and slowing. And I don't rejoice at this. I'm saying this is what it is. And so let's go find some other things to do. And I'm, I went through all my charts, and I'll have more on that coming up next week. But I'm going to find other uraniums, and we're going to have more fun. Uh, yes, about high-quality SPACs, it's a little bit like jumbo shrimp and military intelligence, uh, oxymorons. And uh, I think SoFi you know, fits the bill, but I'm, 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 I'm hard-pressed off the top of my head to come up with what I would call a high-quality SPAC. And so I still prefer uh, the shorting the D SPACs, uh, especially the EV players via uh, SOGU, S-O-G-U. Um, so that's where I'm going. If you have a name you, you want me to, to, to look at, great. But I can't think of, of a high-quality spec that I want to buy on any dip. And uh, I'm all ears if you got an exception, but so far, nothing for me. Uh, my themes and groups, you know, I know this is the Uranium show, but it's what people want to talk about. It's what gets the clicks. And, and, and frankly, this is what, what, why I did this, is that I want you to make money in every market up and down. And that is an audacious uh, goal, very difficult to do, but that's what I'm trying to do. Because if, if you can at least have that 401k money clicking away and, and, and uh, uh, you know, just staying invested all the time, great. But then there's going to be this ballast where you can hopefully be down 10%, you know, be up 10% when the market's down 20. And that's going to be, I think, psychologically very helpful rather than, you know, watching stocks down without a sell discipline 70, 80%, which does happen. And it happens a lot more often than, than this last 10 years would tell you. So here is where I am at URNM. People are getting a little bit freaked out, like, why doesn't it go up uh, 4% every day? We went from 50 to, here's the perspective. We went from 50 to 100 in a month. We doubled in a month, just under 100. Uh, that just, you know, just take it and say, thank you very much. When those kind of moves happen, you have to consolidate them. You have to rest and you want them to rest. And frankly, you don't want them to go into parabolas because parabolas, they, they, they retrace almost 80%, most of the time, 80% of the move. And so what I think we're doing here, this is a 50% retracement down to 75 some odd right now. It's, it's that 71 to 77 band I talked about in prior shows. And we're building the next launch pad. 
and the volume's increasing nicely. The relative strength is 96, meaning it's beating 96% of the stocks out there. The fundamental case continues to unfold beautifully. Let this winner run. Okay, now to show you that I'm, I'm, you know, I'm talking my book, but I'm sure being very transparent. Global X Copper Mines, uh, COPX. Uh, I I invoked my sell discipline. It closed the 50-day cross below the 200. I sold the second third, and uh, uh, if the 200-day moving average turns down, I'm selling the rest of it. And so what happened? I'm a 14% for the year in this, 18% since inception. You know, I, it's not going to pay off mortgages, but it's, it's you know, it's pretty good. And I, I, But the fact that I know what I'm going to be doing next, and it's most likely going to be getting out of the rest of it, is it's just very liberating. I don't have to, you know, call my broker or, or, or ruminate. I'm just going to sell the damn thing. So we talked about the 50% retracement in, in URNM. Um, you know, we've got more than a double in this. And I'm going to keep going with, with uranium. Oh, uh, I'm, I'm short the uh, MSI. I own the ProShares short MSI emerging markets. And I kind of do this. I, I cover up the left side and say, hey, this is just a compelling chart. And then I'll dig into it later. Well, I own this uh, on that big volume uh, increase there that I still think is very encouraging. And uh, I'm, I'm, this is kind of a short communism play. I'm saying that a little tongue-in-cheek, but shorting communism has been a pretty good historical play. Uh, see Berlin. And um, uh, uh, so I also, I, I mean China. Now, uh, I didn't know this at the time when I, when I first uh, found this, but um, I go to the, I want to see the rest of the fact sheet, Mike. Thank you. Uh, this is 37% China and 13% Taiwan. And that's going to play into some other things. The big names here, TSM, which I've talked about them kind of rolling over, uh, Tencent, Alibaba, uh, Samsung, etc. And um, I, I just think China is a, 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 a problem that is becoming more of a problem and having more of their own problems. And I'll go into that later. So EUM, I'm, I'm betting that, that uh, uh, China, Taiwan, Korea, India uh, are going down. And uh, I think that's a way to, to if, if we have a down market, we're going to make some money uh, being short this. So short these kinds of companies. So my take is uh, own some uranium here. I'm going to alert you to the dips as I have. And I mean, good, you know, true of my promise. Uh, I would, you know, keep buying in here. Uh, dips in the rest of the market are more likely. Uh, copper is telling me that. The fact that, I'm, that, that that emerging markets are going down is telling me that. Uh, it would just, I think we're getting tired. And uh, so please stay tuned. All right, next, my gray swan segment. And uh, I'm going to have a, you know, a, a rose-colored glasses episode one of these days. But I, this is what, I showed you that pile that I, I, I put together on Twitter and, and put out. And, and distilled it into the show. Well, here's what I have, and you know I can't make it up. Uh, in the Wall Street Journal, record Chinese aircraft sorties near Taiwan prompt U.S. warning. Uh, uh, over three days, they threw 93 flights with 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 uh, 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 fighter planes uh, uh, off the southwest coast of Taiwan. And now it's the front page of the Wall Street Journal. And remember, Mike, we talked about it was, you know, in the back pages of The Guardian and The Economist. Now it's on the front page of the journal. Not a shot's been fired, nor a missile. 
but this great story by Lisa Lynn and James Aretti really detail the increasing uh, tensions between China and Taiwan. China thinks there's one China and Taiwan is part of it. Taiwan disagrees. And um, I'm not Henry Kissinger, so I can't give you the, the chapter and verse of that of that history. But this is escalating. Is it escalating because it's a Biden administration? I don't know. Why is this happening now? I don't know. I, if you, especially if you're a subscriber in that region, I would love to, uh, to get your thoughts. Uh, two weeks prior, in the op-ed page of the Wall Street Journal, Robert O'Brien and Alexander Gray write, How to Deter China from Invading Taiwan. This is being viewed as a real possibility. And we ostensibly are Taiwan's ally and would come to their defense. And uh, uh, they talk about arming Taipei with missiles and turning the island into a porcupine. So this is, you know, uh, uh, not inconsequential. It is getting some more press, so it's, 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 it's becoming a whiter shade of gray um, or lighter shade of gray. But, um, uh, you know, keep an eye on this. So China uh, has become a, a multifaceted bearish influence potentially down the road. The aggression towards Taiwan, the Evergrande uh, uh, debt situation, which we'll talk about more, their animosity towards uh, Hong Kong and his people, and and people becoming more uh, violent and reactive to their their oppression, the the shutdown of of many uh, tech companies, or certainly limitations on many tech com- tech companies. The list keeps growing. So uh, stay tuned here. I'm going to watch EUM, hopefully make some money. I'm looking for other places to exploit this, but I don't want you blindsided if uh, conflict occurs in Taiwan and, uh, and, and, and really upsets the market. Podcasts of the week. This is uh, Odd Lots, and it's the best explanation of Evergrande that I have uh, encountered. Evergrande is a, a huge real estate development uh, uh, company, uh, which is a huge part of China's economy. They have $300 billion in debt. They've already missed some interest payments on uh, on some. They are um, uh, trying to get their way out of it. And my take on this is, and I, I hope this is a helpful analogy, I'm going to treat this like COVID, which I didn't treat, I didn't uh, do it that well the last time, but I'm not going to panic, uh, but I'm not going to dismiss it. And I'm not going to say it's going to be completely contained. I'm going to watch the charts, EUM and others, and and uh, and you know constantly see what the, the Google alerts kick out, uh, kick out, and what else I'm I'm uh, I'm seeing. But I'm hard pressed to see you know uh, a a uh, a real estate bubble being deflated and how that doesn't have negative implications in China and most likely outside China as well. So stay tuned. I'll keep you abreast of all this. Uh, my next uh, uh, podcast is, is the Pivot Podcast with Kara Swisher. Usually Scott Galloway is the is the co-host. Elon Musk was interviewed at, their, at, at her code conference out in L.A. Uh, fascinating. He's a fascinating guy, a visionary, and, uh, and I really encourage you to. It's about 52 minutes, but it's worth... Uh, the whole darn thing talked about more about space than cars, and maybe that's that's Kara guiding him there. So I don't know, uh, but keep open the possibility, you Tesla fans and shareholders, that it's been floated before that he would step down as CEO of Tesla and become the CEO of SpaceX and dedicate 
much more of his time to those efforts, which he seems much more enthusiastic about, at least from this this uh, interview. Again, SpaceX is, is valued at $100 billion. Scott Galloway proposes that it's going to be worth more than Tesla in the future. That's $800 billion. So he's getting there uh, uh, rapidly. And oh, by the way, at the last three, four minutes of this, he says that the, uh, the EVs that he and others are building are going to require a doubling in the capacity of electricity grid and, and that uh, uh, he, is, he is pro-nuclear. So uh, uh, a very, very meaty interview that I encourage you to check out. In Reporters of the Week, uh, 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 selling off its property services won't save Evergrande. This is from Jackie Wong. So what happens when people miss payments, companies miss payments, they uh, try to drive up liquidity. And what do you do? You pick the asset that you can sell that's valuable and relatively liquid. And they're trying to sell this, but it's apparently not going to be enough. And uh, according to the debt markets and Jackie Wong, the uh, a default of Evergrande is a def- is a foregone conclusion. And again, it's hard to it's hard for me to see this completely contained. Uh, in the journal again, Julia Chung and Joe Wallace write up uranium. Uranium heats heats up and hedge funds score. And uh, this is a very small pond. And the uh, you're seeing more financial players come into this. And I think we still have uh, room to go here. Uh, in the tweets of the week, uh, John Quakes, at Quakes99. Uh, 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 Mike was very uh, complimentary about the Tim Rotolo uh, interview, the CEO of URNM. Uh, and uh, just goes to show how the quality of your podcast continues to rise with some heavyweight guests that all uranium investors want to hear. Keep up the terrific work and good luck. Uh, John, I thanked you on Twitter, but I thank you again here. Thanks for the uh, for the shout out and the support. I really appreciate it. And Mike, I thank you for the extra work for the for the the Tim interview. Uh, newsletters of the week: Bear Traps report. This is Larry McDonald's team uh, uh, put out a buy alert on uh, uh, on URNM. He's been in this name before, but now he's in it even stronger. Uh, we're seeing in India uh, massive uh, uh, shortages of uh, of coal lowest in years and uh that is is driving the uh, uh massive shortage of electricity and uh, you know an increased focus on on uh, uh nuclear i don't know india's nuclear situation I'll, I'll i'll delve into that a little bit more but you know all of these uh uh supply shortages and 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 underinvestment in years is coming home to roost and it's all playing into the bull case for uranium um you know next the uh, uranium the the miners versus the nasdaq obviously this is a chart that i love and uh, you know i just think that you have to own this uh a wrinkle it you know we're seeing natural gas prices in europe scream and uh, that plays into, into, into uh, Putin's hands and Russia. They're the, the big swing supplier of natural gas to Europe. That doesn't make anybody in France or Germany or elsewhere happy. Uh, and so, again, there has to be some more, which can happen very soon, but the, the, the nuclear as an option has to be at the forefront. Japan's new leadership is going to uh, uh, restart nuclear reactors and that's after Fukushima in 2011, a clear positive. Kyle Bass uh, is talking about seven years of underinvestment. 
in um, uh, in the energy complex, and that uh, governments everywhere are, are come to, coming to the conclusion that nuclear is the best baseload option we have to combat climate change. And for my share scoops and Gus Christensen friends, if you're focused on ESG, you have to own uh, uranium and, and be pro-nuclear, in my view. Uh, there's power shortage in half of, the, of China's mainland uh, provinces due to their coal shortages. This is very, very pervasive. Um, and Larry put this out. This is an analog of the S&P 500 now versus September 87. And it looks pretty scary. Uh, uh, you know, it looks very, very similar. I don't see portfolio insurance that was there in 87 to exacerbate this. But you don't need that. Um, and I'm not saying this is this is uh, going to happen, but I pointed to, to uh, this time of year, earnings releases coming out, stretch stock market, uh, and, and you know the fact that I'm 38% in cash, have 20% short, you know that tells me that the market is is getting tired, is getting tired. Uh, Evergrande restructuring is possible, uh, but it seems like it's going to become a state-owned entity. And uh, they probably keep the the uh, property owners. They make them whole. They probably uh, uh, give a haircut to the uh, local uh, bondholders and 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 probably wipe out the equity. And for the foreign investors, they're going to probably get 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 toast. So um, uh, that's what's going on with Evergrande. It's a, a obviously a very fast moving story. I'll keep you alert to what I see and what it means for us. All right, that's the show, folks. Please also subscribe to my Bakes Takes YouTube channel. The audio is the same, but the chart that I reference are on the screen. Follow us on Twitter at Bakes Takes and other social media. Please, please use your voice memo app and tape your questions and email to Bakes at BakesTakesPodcast.com or write if you prefer. I'll keep you anonymous if you'd like. Thank you for listening. Mike Wilson is my producer. Thank you as always. Have a great week. This is Bakes, and for my much-needed levity, uh, unfortunately, we had to take last week off, had to do some electrical work in the in the studio. Um, Norm MacDonald passed away, uh, I think a very funny comedian. I just listened to a couple of things as I was driving over here at 61, which is too close to my age and too damn young, and he um, went out with Jerry Seinfeld for comedians in cars getting coffee, and uh, it's about, I don't know, six, seven minutes, and... It'll uh, bring a smile to your face, and I hope I do as well. I'll see you soon. Take care now. Bye-bye.